It's time to take five for safety. It's time for another episode of Let's Not Die Today on the Toolbox Talk Show Network. Are you looking for an effective training program? Not sure where to start? 7th Hat. Microlearning made easy. Create courses in just minutes. Get seven free safety classes to start your library. Check out all of our bonuses at toolboxtalkshow.com backslash training. Today's topic, confined space. Confined spaces can be dangerous places. Today, we'll discuss some safe practices to keep in mind when working in a confined space. Let's start with definitions. According to OSHA 1910.146b, confined space means a space that, one, is large enough and so configured that an employee can bodily enter and perform assigned work, and two, has limited or restricted means for entry or exit, and three, is not designed for continuous employee occupancy. Or, to put it simply, a confined space has limited access and is not designed for people to occupy. These spaces are large enough for workers to enter and perform inspections, maintenance, or repairs. Examples can include tanks, vessels, silos, storage bins, hoppers, vaults, pits, manholes, tunnels, equipment housings, ductwork, and pipelines. Let's talk history. Aqueducts are artificially constructed channels designed to carry water from its source. They have been used all over the globe and throughout human history. The ancient Romans, Greeks, and Egyptians all used aqueducts. In the 7th century BC, the Asherans built a 50-mile-long limestone aqueduct to carry water to the capital city. On the island of Samos, a tunnel was constructed around 538 BC. The underground aqueduct provided fresh water for nearly a thousand years. The Romans built aqueducts all over the Roman Empire. These systems provided fresh water for drinking and bathing. In the city of Rome, they were vast and extended over 250 miles. In early American history, pipelines would find a new use. In 1867, William Rockefeller Jr. brought his brother, John D. Rockefeller, into the old business. John would apply his work ethic and efficiency to control cost. By borrowing and investing profits, the company would quickly expand. By 1870, Rockefeller would abolish the partnership and form Standard Oil. Standard Oil's refineries were soon at capacity, and Rockefeller needed to find an inexpensive way to move his products. So he strikes up an exclusive deal with Commodore Cornelius Vanderbilt. Rockefeller agrees to use Vanderbilt's trains to move his product at deeply discounted rates. In return, Rockefeller promised to fill every one of Vanderbilt's trains. But there's a big problem. The current capacity of Standard Oil is about half of what's needed. Rockefeller has put himself in a tight spot, but he sees a way forward. He believes kerosene, a derivative of oil, is a huge market opportunity. At the time, poor quality kerosene was known to cause house fires. Rockefeller thinks that he can capture the market with high quality kerosene. He convinces some investors to back his play, and it works. He became the country's largest producer of refined kerosene. Rockefeller's strategy works almost too well. He now produces more oil than Vanderbilt's trains could possibly 
transport, Rockefeller would go to Vanderbilt's biggest competitor, Tom Scott, to move more product. A deal is made and Tom Scott's railroad starts moving Standard Oil products. Rockefeller used all these profits to buy up other oil companies. At just 33 years of age, Rockefeller controlled 90% of the oil market. Vanderbilt isn't happy with losing business to Tom Scott. He convinces Scott to form a partnership. Together, they revoke Rockefeller's discounted shipping rates. This move is a devastating blow, and it seems Rockefeller is backed into a corner, but he has an idea. He'll find a way to move his oil around the railroad tycoons. He'll build a pipeline. This innovation created a new era in pipeline use. With the development of the automobile, the oil industry would only continue to grow. Today, there are more than 2 million miles of pipelines worldwide. Let's talk statistics. From 2011 to 2018, there were a total of 1,030 deaths. The confined space types with the most deaths, tanks, bins, and vat interiors accounted for 205 deaths, only followed by ditches, channels, trenches, and excavations at 203. Falls to lower levels accounted for 156 deaths during this period. The most common inhaled gases were hydrogen sulfide, carbon monoxide, and methane. In addition, there were 39 cases of depleted oxygen and 21 cases of drowning. Fires and explosions accounted for another 58 cases. Occupations having the highest fatality rates in confined spaces were construction, agricultural farming, steam fitters, pipe fitters, and plumbers. Let's talk safety. Safety tip number one, determine the proper personal protective equipment needed to enter the confined space safely. Always wear respirators when and where required. Tip number two, atmospheres. Before entry, follow appropriate guidelines for checking confined space atmospheres. Ensure that adequate atmospheric testing and monitoring are being conducted. Tip number three, permit required confined space. If it is a permit required space, make sure you obtain a permit before starting work and that it is posted. Tip number four, attendance. If the confined space is classified as hazardous, there must be an attendant. Attendants must perform all their duties without compromising the safety of any entrance. In other words, if you are an attendant, pay attention and be alert. Distractions could be the difference between life and death. Tip number five, communication. Continued communication among entrants, attendants, and supervisors is essential. Workers inside the space must be able to communicate with one another and the attendant at all times. And remember, become familiar with and test all communications equipment before entry. Tip number six, rescue. Never rush to the aid of a fellow employee in a confined space. All workers in a confined space must work with a lifeline attached outside the space. All rescuers must be competent using rescue equipment and self-contained breathing units. Following these tips can save you from accidents, injuries, and even death. Thanks for listening to another episode of Let's Not Die Today. Sign up for our mailing list by visiting our website, toolboxtalkshow.com, and get access to free PDF versions of our Toolbox Talks. If you love what we do, please tell your employer about us. We love you too. 
See you next time.